Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. You feeling the sweat, Taylor? I don't have air conditioning, so. Oh, you are definitely feeling the sweat then. Well, every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. I would really love $7 billion. Even just like 700, but like 7 billion, that's a lot of goddamn money. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And after a nice little run of having some stuff to talk about, our luck has seemingly run out because there's really not a lot yet. Um, Things are about to get crazy within the next week or two with the expansion draft looming along with the regular NHL draft and the start of free agency. None of those things are preventing the Sabres from making any trades right now, but they just hate us and do not want us to have the content. But with that being said, we do have a little bit of news that came out today that we actually had talked about on our last episode. And that is that the Buffalo Sabres very smartly asked Jeff Skinner to waive his no movement clause for the expansion draft specifically. Now, this isn't just him waiving his clause overall because they have the intent of trading him or him waiving it because they feel as though Seattle may take him. This move solely comes down to them knowing that Seattle will not pick up the tab on a $9 million per year contract for the next six years and allows them then to hang on to one of their younger forwards, most likely Rasmus Asplund in this case. So Taylor, General thoughts, first of all, on Skinner waving his no movement clause and just being a total G that he is. I mean, he really has nothing to lose because I don't think he even wants to be here. Like he's wearing like a um, way, way too much of a uh, disguise, just like pounds and pounds of makeup and like all that (laughs) weird stuff that makes him look like an old man, but like way too thick and unnatural looking. And he's just saying, I don't want to be here anymore. That's a reference. Anyone who gets it, tweet at me uh at i don't have a good at anyway so so he wants to be gone i mean the coach last year is doing psychological torture on him um so i don't and the the team has no path to being good and he's never played in the playoff game so there's no risk to him getting taken at all and he gets to keep his contract too and he'd be getting to go obviously not to a place where they'd probably make the playoffs right away although you never know but he'd be a leader he'd be respected 
maybe he could get you know his uh his mojo going again but really what's going to happen is he's just going to come off looking like a good guy who cares about the team and wants to be a leader and all that good stuff so that's really the outcome and that's good for him too it's good for the sabers uh because i think we all assumed that they were gonna keep tage uh to save face to make it look like hey we're not totally giving up on the o'reilly trade but there were other guys that we wanted to keep more. We'd rather keep Anders Bjork. Who the ghost they... of Vladimir Sabatka. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Mika Norinen. I think Mika. he needs one more shot in net. I agree. What do they? I have think to lose? he would have been. Would he have been a better goalie than Dustin Tokarski or Jonas Johansson? Probably. Even like now when he's like forty. Yeah, he scored a goal, kind of. I mean, yeah. on the score sheet, he did at least. Yeah, true. Ziggy's so he's a big Mika Norinen fan too, as you could probably hear. Oh, we've talked about hundreds of times. Hundreds. And Bjork, they were going to keep two because they don't want to look, you know, bad in the Taylor Hall trade. But that would mean no Rasmus Asplund. And after how he looked this past year, I I think I'm very much more interested in keeping him than Tage Thompson. Although it's funny, now that I'm talking, I realize all of those guys are the products of bad trades. I had not uh, I had not realized that until just right now. Don't you just so, love it? Yeah, Asplund was part of the Pezik trade, for those who don't remember. But if Aspel ends up being pretty good, maybe that trade doesn't look so bad. <laughs> that, <laughs> Which that'd, I, be, that'd be nice. Maybe yeah, one of these trades looks good. Yeah. Probably not, but maybe. Yeah, obviously the Tage, Tage doesn't do anything to change that trade. But so that, that allows them to keep those guys if, big if here, they're willing to expose Gergensen's. They have they to, right? Be. They have to. Yes, coming off a major injury, two years left on a contract, getting paid too much not like it's like 10 million or whatever but like he's getting paid too much you have to leave him exposed you really do i think that with the draft coming up too it kind of it sheds light i think on a, a bigger picture here which is they need to trade rasmus just line and right goddamn now um the reason i bring that up is because they are going to probably i'm assuming so that they can protect more people go with the seven forwards three defensemen one goalie uh, set up for how they're going to choose to protect players. I am not about to run the wit- run the risk of them losing Will Borgen because they are refusing to make this goddamn trade. What are you waiting for? You have heard that the New Jersey Devils are interested. Other teams have been throwing them out there as a potential piece too for maybe including him with an Eichel or a Reinhardt deal. The interest is there. I am of the belief that one way or another, I do think Seattle ends up taking Colin Miller. Maybe the Sabres work something out so that they don't take Borgen, but like, oh my God, trade this man so you don't even run the risk of potentially losing Borgen. Like if you're going to protect Ristolainen with one year left on his contract, when you are pretty much all but guaranteed that that man is about to be strolling to free agency next summer, what are you doing having him still on the roster even now? That's why I made that comment before, because the playoffs or the cup, I should say, is over now. But even before then, while that was still going on, you were still able to make trades. And I understand that there's cap implications involved. I get that. But like, get this guy off the roster so that you don't even have to worry about running the risk of losing a guy like Borgen, who... We don't really know what his potential is quite yet. Or, I mean, we probably know maybe what his potential is, what his ceiling is, but like you, there's a lot of 
there's a lot more of the surface to scratch with him. I'll put it that way. He had the injury last season. He was cooking in Rochester for way too long. So we really have not gotten to get a full taste of him over an extended period of time. And he's the kind of guy that I do want them to keep around, you know, but what are we waiting for with trading Rasmus Tristolainen? I mean, I know that it's gotta be Terry calling the shots because he loves his big boy and wants him <laughs> to stick around. But my God, please. Sam Ventura, I know you're not listening, but like knock some sense into these people. Yeah. So what I I think before real quick before I get to the defenseman, I actually want to keep Gergensen's over Tage, despite what I said earlier. I just I don't think they're gonna do that. So that's why I'm can you I'm explain why you feel, why you think that? Uh because Gergensen's is a decent enough fourth liner and Tage Thompson sucks shit. But as a counterpoint, <laughs> can't you also get decent enough fourth liners who aren't getting paid 2.25 mil for the next two years? That's a good point. I mean, if it's a contract thing, then yeah, but like they're nowhere near the cap. So what do I care about that? No, that's fair. That's fair. Like, I mean, as long as you're just, I guess the thing is everyone wants to keep Tage for a potential thing. And I just think that that ship is so sailed for me that I'm, I'm really not interested. I think I can't. maybe, Go Maybe if they do a rebuild, that. yeah, because the only reason that's worth talking about anything with the Sabres now is if you think if you have some little tiny bit of hope they can do a rebuild on the fly and be good by, by good I mean competitive and not terrible and embarrassing by 2022, 2023 or the year after. In which case, I think you could have Asplund or Gergensen's as a contributor on one of those teams. Not that I'm eager to keep Gergensen's, but I just I just recognize they're going to keep Tage. I know you and love. He's Gerd very bad, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, don't I love, deny it. We love him, folks. We don't love Zemgis. He looks like his face looks like he's being shot like through the lens of a Nirvana '90s music video. Um, so, and we love that, and uh, and we're working on that. So, that's that's my last thought on the forwards. And so, but the defense, it is interesting. So, if you're looking at it from a how are you going to come out of this way like looking at all the situations that you could come out of this end so that's you lose Borgen you lose Miller you lose Ristolainen now if you trade Ristolainen before there's some chance you get a like a good deal for him still there's a lot of idiots in this league and we should actually get to that in a minute all the dumb stuff that's happened this week outside of Buffalo maybe the biggest idiot of them all has now re-entered the NHL ranks (laughs) <laughs> yeah like the king of the idiots if you will is bad yeah are they scared to trade Ristolainen in division because i think i'd be sending them up uh what's that like slightly northeast of here you need to call them like every day yeah oh absolutely yeah. so i would be looking into that and that's i mean that's something you have to do now though we're talking on wednesday this is coming out on thursday the expansion drafts next wednesday it's the 21st so Clock's ticking, like you said. But even if you don't get a good deal, isn't that a better deal than like, let's say you you protect Ristolainen and you throw Seattle a third or fourth round pick to protect Borgen. Well, what are you really trading Ristolainen? You better be hoping you're getting a better trade for Ristolainen. And even then, it's like, if you lose Borgen, just so you could get like a first for Ristolainen and from s- some stupid GM or a really good prospect or a decent current player, well, a decent current player, then yes, I would absolutely take but those that. two but, things. Don't but if have it's to a, be mutually exclusive, though. True, but if it's uh, yeah, exactly if they do the trade first, but right? If, I would rather have Borgen than 
what you're really likely to get from Ristolainen now. Because again, one year left in the deal, you're losing him and it doesn't seem like he wants to be here. Right. Now, on the other hand, let's look at it from Seattle's point of view. What do they want? The rumblings are they want to stay near the cap floor more so than Vegas did. They ha- You have to get to the floor, at, you know, at some point. But if they stay as close to the floor as possible, they can weaponize their cap space. And that's going to be huge because the flat cap seems like it's going to go on forever <laughs> based on how things are going with all the revenue they lost from COVID. So awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's good for the Sabres though. We can also weaponize. If we had a GM that understood that concept, that'd be great. Maybe we do. I guess we'll find out. That would be nice. But yeah, then they could take on bad contracts and say like, yeah, we'll have a first we'll take on X or they could say, we'll give you a pretty good defenseman and you just give us a pick and we'll take on the contract. You don't have to retain any salary. Not that that Mm -hmm. would ever happen, especially with like, say a 38 year old defenseman who hasn't been good in five years. Never, never. So can't think of a team that would do that. So what's Seattle want? Seattle want Ristolainen? Probably not. (laughs) No. So they want either Borgen or Miller. Mm -hmm. So do they want someone like Borgen who's only played like 15 NHL games? He does not have a big sample size. We do have a tendency of overrating prospects. Everybody does in their home market. That That is for sure a thing. Maybe they, maybe they look at Miller as an opportunity to have a guy who's decently cost controlled for one more year. You have him on the books. It kind of helps if you're going to have a bunch of other younger guys on the roster anyways. He's got experience too. I mean, not that it really matters, but playing out West in the Pacific division too. So you know, maybe you get somebody like that as like a veteran presence, but I mean, I'm sure they'll probably have a lot of that on this team, but I guess you never can really have too much when you're an expansion team, just starting out. Right. And you, so you're going to have, it really depends how they handle their draft. Cause let's say they've taken all the Asplins and Borgens on the other teams. Mm-hmm. That means at some point you have to take a Colin Miller, not necessarily a Jeff Skinner, right? That's ridiculous. I don't think any expansion team would probably take him, but what about a someone that's making like what is Miller making like 3.2 million, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Someone that's pretty cheap, but is making enough money that you get a few of those guys, you can eventually hit the cap floor. Maybe they take one big money guy that doesn't have a lot of time left in his deal. But yeah. Miller seems like a, a decent obviously Miller was already taken in an expansion draft, wasn't he? Wasn't he taken in the in the Vegas? <laughs> was he? He might have been actually. Wow. He was on well, I don't know, actually. Let me look that up. But Miller's someone that's decent that's good enough to play that almost justifies this contract, I guess. I mean, it's hard to say the team's so bad, but it feels like Colin oh. Miller's the guy for them to take and they're not going to protect him. Right. I mean, there's no way you no, think there's, there's him. 0% chance of that happening. Yeah. I don't, I mean like Dallin Yoki, Haru, and then probably Risto or boards. And you never know, you never know. Maybe. Sure, maybe. Get... Well, I think this also actually speaks <laughs> to Ziggy. Don't even start my man. <laughs> This, see, now Ziggy's getting worked up because he knows what I'm about to say. (laughs) (laughs) This speaks to a greater point about this offseason, and it's one of the, maybe the biggest thing that as Sabres fans we have have to look forward to. It's it's bigger than the Eichel trade, whatever they do with Reinhardt, it's all of it. This is the first time we're actually going to be able to get an idea of how Adams is as a general manager, because as we've since learned, Kruger's influence and hands were all over last year's team yeah his the big off-season. long finger knives oh yeah right the offseason moves like were they had his hands all over him he was <laughs> running the show because they had brought in adams who we've talked about at length has no front office experience prior to this 
So of course they're going to let the coach, you know, kind of do like a Sean McDermott thing initially where he's the one who's calling the shots and putting his team together. Except the difference is, is that Kruger is in fact a shit hockey coach and mind and all of the above. He just sucks at what he does. Um, so for me now, I'm just really trying to be cautiously optimistic, maybe not even that per se, but more so I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of GM Adams really is because now there's no excuses. You have a year under your belt. You've gotten to do the dance. And maybe most important of all, you actually have a staff around you between Carmanos and Ventura who are actually going to be able to help him and, you know, be those voices of, of reason for him to lean on. And I mean, they have good, they have, both of them have really solid backgrounds um, are very impressive, you know, individuals, front office executives. And so is this, you know, is this actually going to work like it, or is Adams just going to be out in another, you know, two years? I mean, to be honest, like it's going to, it's, it's similar to Botterill in a way where it's like this Eichel trade is more likely than not probably going to determine this dude's fate. Um this offseason in general is probably going to determine his fate. Like if he even does like decently well, he's buying himself a lot of time, but if he, if he botches it, I mean, where are we going to be in, in two years? Hiring right. Sam Ventura as our GM. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Colin Miller was taken in the last expansion draft and he was part of the Milan Lucic trade, which I did not remember. So it'd be funny if he's the only guy that gets taken in two expansion drafts. That would be a pretty wild thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess he's a, the perfect kind of guy. He's not like the guy, you know, people pray for your uh, team to take, like Kyle Oposo or someone like that. And he's right. not like the young guy that you're terrified they'll take, but actually they don't even really know anything about him. That kind of deal. I mean, I guess it's like William Carrier, but he's a guy that's like a solid player and he got taken twice. Yeah, Makes sense. Exactly. Um, anyway, so I think that's, I mean, that's, what are they going to do with net? <laughs> that, that's kind of an open-ended question. I wish I knew the answer to that because on the one hand, it's it's hard to think about this rationally with like what they should do, because if they're trying to be bad, I don't want them to go and like make a splash or anything. Like, I mean, realistically, we're probably looking at if they don't retain Allmark, you're looking at two free agent signings. Um, I mean, maybe they go the trade route if, if Columbus is still down to do the dance, but like, but who are they going to protect? They have to protect someone, right? I think they can protect Allmark because he's technically still, on their like roster per se um, until the start of free agency. So I thought I had read that earlier. I'm like 95% sure that they're allowed to do that. Um, but otherwise it's like, get on the Michael Hauser train, baby. Let's do it. Who are they? Cause they have to expose someone. Who are they exposing? Tokarski. Justin Tokarski. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I hadn't really thought about the goaltending thing too much. I know there's some weird rule now with, because I think back in one of the early 90s expansion drafts, I don't remember which one there were a ton back then. Uh, I think it was the Capitals uh, didn't have a goalie because they wanted, they had multiple goalies they wanted to keep. I think it was the Capitals. It was an NHL team. So they signed a goalie who'd been retired for like six years just to expose him. And then move. I'm sure the NHL probably swiftly changed that rule. Yeah. So they basically made a rule that uh, you can't just sign it like a 50 year old man. So I haven't thought about yeah. it, but I guess my big thought with the goal is who they protect, who they, they should sign you and protect you. I, I, I agree. They should protect me. 
<laughs> Haven't been doing that for the past 10 years. No, but yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Goaltending is a position that matters the least in this because the Sabres don't have any good goaltender. Well, they have one decent goaltender and he's not under contract and he's a UFA, so he's probably gone. Yep. Sadly. Yep. Just like uh, our good friend Jake McCabe. R.I.P. Jake. Oh, well. So a lot of interesting stuff happened in the league uh, this past week. We didn't talk about some of the things on Monday, but some funny things. So we talked last week about Duncan Keith being available and where he might want to go. And I think we figured, well, we didn't think it'd be like this. <laughs> Not uh, necessarily. Dog flying off of the couch. Sorry. He just couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't hear any more. He was so pissed about the, about the Oilers overpaying for a 38 year old defenseman who's been on a torpedo decline for the past five years. Who was making like five and a half or $6 million for what? Three more for a good long while. So I thought, I thought this was going to be a retention thing. Like the Oilers barely pay for it. And, or, this would be weird for someone on the Oilers mission to do, but they take it on and they get a bunch of like extra picks. Nope. <laughs> like this is t- I, like, they gave up Caleb Jones who is like is not better. Bad. He's better than Duncan Keith right now. I know they're, they're really betting on this having rings in the room thing, but I just, I believe that less than ever. I think leadership's important. I don't believe the rings in the room thing anymore. Yeah. It just, does it, does it really matter? Who were the rings in the room for the lightning last year? They still won. Who were the rings in the room for the blues? I mean, look at all the rings that the Maple Leafs tried to get. Look at not me. Montreal got Corey Perry. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree. It's just, I don't know. It's a, uh, anyway, it's a dumb idea, but it's Edmonton. And I think, Somehow GMs get worse when they go there. They made kind of two ill-advised moves. They got Peter Chiarelli and Ken Holland back-to-back GMs. I was like, Chiarelli, I don't know. I don't think he really had anything to do with Boston winning the cup. But then he was worse. It was worse under Amazingly. Under Edmonton. I mean, the t- Taylor Hall trade's legendary. Somehow we will not have the worst Taylor Hall trade, which is great. It is nice. It does give me some peace of mind. <laughs> and then look at this. Look at Ken Holland, architect of Look Stanley Cup teams. Three Stanley Cup teams in Detroit, maybe? Look at him now. Look at him. Making sub-Jason Bottrell level moves. Crazy. It's, it's, it's an insane move. Nuts, and now, it, so there's some rumblings that, so Caleb Jones is a Blackhawk now. I didn't know till this week he's Seth Jones' brother. I guess I should have assumed. Oh, hmm. it's a pretty common last name. Yeah, I guess it is. So that they're interested in getting Seth Jones, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, the Blackhawks are not any, they're not any smarter. Sure. No. <laughs> Whatever. So crazy. That was, not it. that was not it, though. The other dumb thing, and then we'll get to a weird thing that I'm not sure is dumb. The dumbest Pierre, of things, are you about to say right now? Pierre Maguire is now a uh, a member of a front office in the NHL. The Ottawa All Center. Ottawa every single day until next season starts, and just offer whatever you could think of. Offer you're gonna tell me right now that Pierre Maguire would not be salivating at the thought of acquiring Rasmus Ristolainen. What are they gonna give us? <laughs> What's that? What are they gonna give us? I mean, probably Brady Kachuk, you know. Wow. <laughs> All right, that works for me. 
Fair okay, enough. good. No, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, they have some good young pieces. There's a lot of guys on Ottawa that I would be very okay with a return. I don't think that that's going to happen necessarily. Maybe it will, though. Who knows? I mean, it's Pierre Maguire. You know, he'll be able to rattle off some facts about what Ristolainen ate for lunch in high school, and then he'll just go trade away the farm for him pretty much. You know, Pierre, there's an interesting thing with him that people talked about this past season, that he looks at guys that have good analytics or are liked by analytics type guys on the ice when they make a good play and go like, analytics doesn't measure that. Can't tell you got a guy's heart like him. You know, he might not be an analytical darling and the guy always is. Yeah. And someone was like, doesn't that mean he kind of understands like he has a good sense of who's actually really good and who's making a good impact. He just doesn't think he like, he doesn't pay attention to analytics. He just has a good view of it or whatever. He just understands and, you know, inherently who's good and who's making a good impact on their team. That's and I was like, Hmm, no. Cause he just says that about everyone. And sometimes yeah. about guys who are good. He just says, he just says that four times a game and doesn't bother to understand it. And look, right. I don't even, I don't care. And I don't really want a between the boards person to talk about analytics all the time or to cite. Oh, X G A R all that stuff expected goals. Don't care. That's not what they're there for, but just like, if you're going to bring it up four times every game, either try to understand it or don't bring it up four times every game. Just don't bring it up at all. Mm-hmm. And just Jesus be normal. It's a very like a easy thing. Normal. It's a very easy thing. In fact, I would almost go so far as to say as he might be better off in a front office than on TV. I actually would say that because like, I don't have to see him if he's in the front office. Also, I think you kind of said this before, but like he says stuff also like to your point about like when he's like, Oh, analytics can't measure that. Oftentimes he's saying that about things that like analytics definitely can measure. Like, I I don't know if you made that point or not, or if you were just saying that he kind of like, but like I have with like undoubtedly have seen that dude be like, see somebody like have a really smooth zone exit or something like that, or a zone entry and him, oh, analytics can't measure that. And it's like, Pierre, half of the things that you say that analytics can't measure, they they actually do. They do. And it's adds up to with what you're saying. So that's the thing. Like it is, I, I guess that's an interesting point about him having like a weird anti-understanding or something like that. But also I just don't buy it. I just think that the guy is just a old school professional idiot. Yeah. He has a weird vibe because you don't see guys like on TV or former front office types, guys who have been like, and he's a former coach too. Mm -hmm. You don't see like guys of that caliber have the demeanor of a weirdo that hangs out, hangs out around like youth hockey rinks, even though all his kids are too old to keep playing hockey. (laughs) Like he has that vibe, like that guy, like, you know, those American guys that like, they talk like their name's Pierre Maguire or like Gord, yeah. like guys like that in Buffalo that they like hockey so much. They start to sound Canadian. Like they have this weird performative fake. Oh Canadian. yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. Those guys exist. We both played hockey. I remember those guys. A lot of them are assistant coaches on teams where they have no kids. Mm-hmm. They always, they always are super annoying. They're the kind of guys that tell you like, which is a big thing when we were in high school to go be a Coletta out there. Which is told to me many times Good by Lord. multiple coaches. Like he has those vibes. No I'm one else start living it. my life. I'm just gonna be like, you know what? I gotta go be a Coletta out there. I'm at the bar. I gotta go be a Coletta out there. In the post office, I gotta go be a Coletta out there. You just you uh 
you see like your mail carrier like walking away and you're like i don't like the way he put that in my slide <laughs> just come out and just like, elbow him in the head yeah and you're like oh man i know i'm not this guy i i donate to charity and then i'll be like i'm from here everybody loves me what do you mean yeah go ask about me in angola pal mm-hmm yeah. Did I ever tell you the story about when Pat Coletta was at one of my shows? Really? <laughs> he was at he was at Good Bar when my my uh, Strokes cover band was playing, and was wow. like, "Oh, what do you guys play?" And uh, this is like between sets, and I'm like, "Oh, we're like a Strokes cover band. We do some like 2000s like alt rock stuff." And he's like, "You guys play Metallica?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "No, Pat Coletta, my Strokes cover band does not, in fact, play Metallica." Yeah, strictly 80s Joel. Of course. Anyways. So, <laughs> that's funny. He used to, uh, I used to work at Edie's Pizza in Hamburg, and that was like his spot. It's his, I guess it's his uh, pizza spot. So they, he was a menu cover model for a little while for them, which is. Wow. Yeah. Look at him. I think he might have had like some kind of order named after him, but I don't remember what it was. It Look was at us talking like about Pat Coletta. Yeah. Happy July, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share, Taylor? Yeah. Are so we... the the other weird thing is the oh, yeah. the Suter Parise thing. Yeah, and crazy. I only bring that up to say this: it's not said often enough. So we're gonna say it before it stops being a thing in a few years. The NHL's what handling of the cap recapture and cap circumvention, uh, like about a decade ago or not even a decade ago, is insane. It's one of the most insane things any professional sports league's ever done, and that's not said often enough. I'm gonna say it here again: it was it, it's insane. And we just talked about Erhoff, I think, not too long ago. And I was going like, to say, we recently just talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone doesn't know what was actually happening, like just a just a brief exp- explanation before we go. So basically, with the NHL being a hard cap league, there was a trick that teams kind of figured out where, like, let's say you have a free agent. And the free agent's, like, fair market value that he wants to take is $80 million. And that'll come over the course of eight years. He's like 30 years old. You figure, you know, back then, obviously, too, at like 10, 12 years ago, it's more common to sign someone when they're 30 to a long deal. Not as common now, obviously. But either way, that's what that's what the market value was. That's what people were willing to pay. So that would be $10 million a year cap hit because it's spread out evenly. So what they would do instead is make it a 13-year deal for $85 million. So you're adding a lot of years but not a lot of money. And you would pay all that money up front, but the cap hit is still just spread across those years. So the cap hit is significantly decreased. So that is cap circumvention. Like the devil's got in trouble with it with Kovalchuk, but it was hard for the NHL to really police it. So they had to put during the CBA negotiations during the 2012-13 lockout, they wanted to put a new rule in place. Now this all makes complete sense. The NHL side of it makes complete sense to me and any hockey fan. Like it's not fair to circumvent the cap like this. Cause but what guys would do is then you get to that, that eight at the end of that eighth season, you're 38 years old you've gotten paid all the money you did want. And now you have like five seasons left to pay play where you're going to make like $5 million a year. And it's like, I guess I'll just retire. And now the team's off the hook for your cap hit. And it, it just wasn't fair. So what the NHL did was change the rules and then also make that ruling applicable to all the existing contracts. So guys like had long deals like Christian Erhoff, like Shea Weber, like, Suter and Parise. I'm sure other guys too. I mean, they theoretically like Ovechkin, but and, and Crosby, but that would never really apply to them. They weren't about to get cut or retire early or whatever. So like now the wild have to look at this. Now Parise is someone that might've gotten bought out this year. Anyway, he's just kind of at the end of his run and has no real place in the team. That's 
trying to win a Stanley Cup. But Suter was their second pairing guy still. Suter's playing a lot of minutes. Like, I think he was still playing in their penalty kill. Decent offensive impacts, too. I saw their charts the other day, and Suter is still serviceable, for sure. Yeah, so I think even even with these these weird rules, I might have kept Suter and just taken the gamble that he'd stay good enough. You need to, to find the right it. partner, yeah. Yeah, just take I mean, the gamble a, that he's good enough. Also yeah, important to say, it, though, right? the other thing to say, though, too, that's important about Suter is that finding the right partner, that's part of the reason why his numbers weren't that bad because he had a partner that was pretty much like dragging him around defensively. Right, but now they're going to have $15 million in dead cap in a couple of years? Yeah, that's, that's kind of Yeah. <laughs> super crazy that's nuts i i think i don't know maybe you just in that case let's say there was no cap recapture you just keep parisa i don't know that seems crazy to me but it yeah is, the reason yeah, they I do that know. is because the cap recapture would be worse if one of those guys just retired yeah so what actually is the breakdown like what is that going to be up against their cap then for the next handful of years so this upcoming year they get big savings the following year it's bad and then it's like 15 million for two years after. sounds like they're trying to save up to make a trade for a certain 10 million dollar center yeah but how are they going to pay him after that i don't like, know <laughs> they're literally losing cap space even with people they even with the signings they haven't made yet like mm-hmm. they haven't upped caprice off or anything yet which yeah. who knows if that's even going to happen i mean that deal is going to be nuts yeah well if caprice doesn't want to uh i mean if he doesn't if he doesn't want to be there, then they, they're just not going to be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll be okay, but it's like, that's, that's a big, big loss. I take some from like the very edge, lower, lower end, like potential cup contention to like, forget about it. You're mm-hmm. basically the predators. You might as well rebuild at that point. Yeah. Stupid league, stupid, stupid league, 15 million in dead caps. That's really unfair. That's just like absurdly insane. unfair. Just insane. Man. Well, this has been fun. Looking forward to our Monday episode where we'll do more of a deep dive into the expansion draft and free agency as that, again, is approaching. By the time you all are listening to this, the expansion draft will be just six days away, and pretty much after that is when the chaos is going to start with the rest of the Sabres offseason. So make sure you are tuning in to Straight Up Sabres. Make sure you're following us, too, on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all of our commentary. We'll be posting a lot more now that things are going to be heating up again. And make sure you're also checking out the presenters of the show, which are the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. Both of them are putting out great content still. Even the Hockey Podcast Network is being the offseason. Same thing with Buffalo Fanatics. Things are starting to heat up on both fronts with the NHL offseason and the Bills slowly, slowly approaching a return. So very exciting stuff happening. Make sure you're checking out both of their respective websites along with the various podcasts that they are putting out and you're following them on social media as well. Make sure you're following us too on our personal social medias. If you'd like, you can find Taylor at Nigrelli 93 and you can find me at Brendan 1423. As I had said before, we will be back with a brand new episode on Monday. Hope you all have a great rest of your week and weekend. This has been straight up Sabres.